Today, as we remember the saints, we begin our November sermon series called Faith for Generations, where we are looking at God's plan for us in the different ages and stages of our life. And what we want you to know as we think about the different life stages is that God indeed has a plan for you and a purpose for you to bless you and to use you in service of God's kingdom at every age and every stage God has a plan for you. And we recognize this in our physical and emotional and intellectual development. And it's the same way with the God, how God designed us spiritually. We know when kids uh, are infants that they have all these milestones, right? And they need to reach physical milestones on time because those physical milestones are precursors to intellectual milestones. We know when you're a teenager that God has given you the task in your life of doing what psychologists would call differentiating yourself from your parents, discovering yourself as your own person, what parents call driving us crazy, right? But that's your job. You have to figure out that you're a different person. I knew a man at this church, he said, when I was a teenager, we would talk politics at the dinner table and whatever my dad said, I would say the opposite, right? And then I'd go vote like him. But I just wanted to articulate the other point of view at the dinner table. I said, did you ever tell your dad you voted like him? He said, no. Never thought to mention that. Didn't think it was pertinent. Uh, I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, my dad, and particularly boys, you often get into these conversations with your fathers. Girls, you get into these conversations with your mothers because they're kind of your, your model and you're trying to figure out how you're going to be your own person. Uh, we could walk outside, my dad would be like, the sky's blue. I'd be like, really, it's more gray. Let, let, let's be honest. And he'd be like, you, you, you're right, the sky's gray. And I'm like, really, it's not gray. Really, there's no such thing as color. All light is clear. And it's just kind of how light bends through a prism. So, so really, the sky isn't any color. Uh, and, and he'd be like, you're right. The, technically, there's no such thing as color. And I'd be like, good grief, can't you see the sky's blue? Right? Some of you have, have been in, in, in those conversations, but I want you to know today, if you're a teenager, you have a job not only of uh, going through this stage where you're figuring out who you are as a person, you have that same job in your faith of coming to the Christian faith for yourself, not because your parents do it. During this stage in your life, God is going to be shaping your faith so that if your parents aren't Christians, if they decide not to go to church, that you'd say, no, I'm going. No, I'm reading my Bible today. No, I'm spending time in prayer today. No, I'm going to go serve whether you come mom or dad or not because this is who I am for, for myself. That's an important part of, of that stage and we want you to know that at every single stage God has a, a plan for you. We've selected this month Bible readings to help you find God's plan at this stage in your life, whatever this stage may be. I hope you'll be a part of our Bible reading plan. You can find it at concordunited.org slash Bible along with a daily devotional that'll take you deeper into it or you can pick up a hard copy of the information center in the lobby. And today we're looking at what, what's God's purpose and plan for us when we reach the elderly years. Uh, what, what is God's purpose and plan in that particular stage of our lives? And, and I know we, we define elderly differently. Usually we define elderly as about 15 years older than us. Uh, I can remember uh, when I was 19 years old, it, it was, I, I, I was beginning to meet, have some friends who were at different stages, and I actually had a friend who, was, who turned 30 when I was 19, and I remember thinking his life was over. 
I, I remember thinking, well, he's had a good run of it. But boy, I feel sorry for, for him now. I know people who are 96 years old and they will talk about other people in the church who are 80 and they'll talk about them as if they're babies. You know, they just haven't seen much of life yet. You know, uh, they'll learn, but, but they just haven't had time to experience that much yet in, in, in their lives. It's, it's relative, uh, but with, within that, there are some important things that God teaches us in the scriptures about how we are supposed to approach our purpose in life as we age and also how we are supposed to relate to those who have come before us and are several years ahead of us on the journey. We're going to start with a passage you're familiar with. Exodus 20, verse 12. It says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You're most likely familiar with that. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And I want you to know that we often think of this as far as kids should honor their parents. And that's true, they should. But this was written to adults saying you adults should honor your adult parents. That when they get to the point where they can't take care of the property, where they can't run the family business like they used to, you're still supposed to honor them. You're not just supposed to take over and ignore them. That's not God's plan for you. And we hear more about this in Leviticus. You can see it's very early on that God says, this is the way I've designed you. The most powerful thing we have is family, right? It's intergenerational relationships in family, in church, and it takes us all for us all to have what we need. But it's so easy to not be able to understand others when they're at a different spot on the journey. So in Leviticus, God reminds the people of how they need to live out that passage to honor their father and mother. In Leviticus, he says, stand up in the presence of the ages, ages, and defer to the old, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. I I love that. Stand up. Or rise in the presence of the aged and defer to the old. So we can see that there are two different things God is telling us there. When he talks about rise, this is a cultural standard. That if you greet someone who is older than you, you never do so sitting down. You always stand up. Now, different cultures have different ways of showing respect. For some, it's to remain seated. For some, it's to stand. But in essence, what we can take from that is show respect. Even in just casual greetings, always show respect to those who are older than than you. And then defer. I love that word. Defer to the the old, to to the elderly. What that means is recognize that those who've come before you have some wisdom that you may need and whenever possible, defer to their opinions. And are there going to be some times when they might not know exactly what you're going through? Yes. Have they gone through more than you might imagine? Yes. And we're supposed to defer to those opinions. So we see right here this dignity and respect as far as how we relate to those who are older than us that we give dignity and we give respect. So we know very well that when you're young, you need to be nurtured. And as you age, you need to be given dignity and respect. One of the things that I love about the Cades ministry that we celebrated today 
is that there's a group of elderly in our society who often aren't given dignity and respect. And those are elderly who are living with the disease of dementia are often not given the dignity and respect that they deserve, that God calls us to. And what CAGE does is it allows us to do that. It, I wish you could be here each week and see what happens. I wish you could see the relationships and the activities and the dignity that is given to each participant in those ministries, how honored and included they are and allowed uh, to have quality good years at that stage in their life. I also wish you could see the way lives are saved. I can't tell you the number of times that we at the church have performed a funeral for someone whose spouse passed away from dementia and a year later we bury their spouse because their spouse literally gave up their health caring uh, for their partner. And now that doesn't have to happen because the spouse can still have time to care for their own health. Now adult children don't have to give up their jobs and their careers because they have someone, uh, they have a group, they have a church, they have a church who not only believes it's important but who has put their money where their mouth is and invested enough to make it affordable when in the secular world it is not affordable to have this, this kind of help because we believe in showing that dignity and making sure everyone has it. That's why when we talk about our Faith for Generations building campaign and we talk about the dream to have a priest school and children's building out here uh, and to renovate the current preschool space for Cades, which would somewhere between double and triple the size of the, the number of participants that could participate in that incredible ministry. Uh, we're, we're not just talking about an administrative goal. We're talking about lives that are transformed and saved because of the ministry that takes place here. And just this weekend, as we've been dreaming these dreams, we've had, been, had some architects who help us dream our dreams in accordance with the building codes of the town of Farragut. And um, they emailed me and said, hey, we didn't know if you'd want these, but we just came up with renderings of what it could look like in the new cage space. W would you like to see these? And I said, well, well yes, I'd, I'd like to see these. A and uh, then uh, at the very last moment, uh, I texted our tech people and I said, hey, guess what? I know we're like 27 and a half minutes away from worship starting. I think everybody would like to see these. Can you just make sure they appear and look real good on the screens? And our tech team is awesome. And uh, they said, yes, Pastor Will, we can. And then they probably said other things about me. But because of that, you can see them right now. They're scrolling through. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we, uh, we've had to guess at, at color schemes and decorations. Uh, but this is some of how it might look like. And what I want you to get from looking at these uh, pictures of fake rooms with fake people is that they represent real rooms with real people and real lives that can be changed and a real way that we can be a part of God's call to provide dignity for all our days. Now, with, within that, uh, we need to also prepare ourselves uh, for the time in our life when we will become elderly and when our bodies don't quite work the way they used to work. Even King David, uh, one of the strongest wisest 
longest ruling kings of Israel worried about this. And he prayed a prayer. Uh, and it's a prayer that honestly, I've heard many people come to me and share, uh, not in these exact words, but share that they're praying as they approach retirement. It says this, do not cast me away when I am old and do not forsake me when my strength is gone right? We say, God, still have something for me. When I can't do everything like I used to could do it, still have a purpose and a, a plan and a, a place for me. Just please do that, God. Uh, please uh, let, let, let me do that. And this, this happens for, for all of us. And, and it happens uh, with, with our bodies uh, that they don't quite do what they used to do. It happens that we can still be very sharp, but sometimes it takes a little longer for for us to reboot our computers in our heads. Uh, sometimes I'm learning something in my 40s that I never learned in my 20s and 30s. And that is that coffee is a performance enhancing drug. It's amazing how, how it can help you, help you think. And some of you have had your coffee this morning uh, and, and you're, you're looking at me with bright eyes right now. And, and, and some of you haven't and you probably won't remember the sermon. And that's okay, wherever you're at, we're glad you're here. But things, things change as, as we go. And we need to know that even when they do, that God's going to use that very change to help us minister and to help us serve in ways that we could not before. Also to help us recognize that there are times in life, and this is very hard for some of us, when we have to ask for help. And when we can't help us do the things that, that we're used to being able to do. And there are times when we need to recognize when others need to ask for help and make it easy on them and, and help in ways that dignify. And when we do that, I want you to know we are following the example of Christ. When you care for those who can no longer entirely care for themselves, you are directly imitating Christ's example. Because Jesus said that if you do something for someone who can repay it, what good is that? Any rational creature does that. But when you do it for someone who can't repay it, then you honor God. Then you come a, become a witness to the power and presence of God when you do that. I want to share with you as hopefully our prayer is that we all approach the time in life when we are elderly. And you need to know as you prepare for that time in your life, Christ's call. Christ's call in the lives of the elderly is to become persons of prayer and providers of wisdom because you have this opportunity at, at that moment to go deeper into prayer. Uh, many, many of the, the things that uh, were so busy uh, aren't quite as pressing or at least when you're retired, you generally get to decide for most of you what time to start your day. You might be busy when it starts, but you often have, have more control over that. You have this time to pray and then pr be a provider of wisdom. Because God has called you in this particular time of life to take time to think about your life, what was right and what was wrong and what you believe. And to provide that wisdom for other generations coming up. And it doesn't mean you had to get it right. And that's important for you to remember if you are elderly and it's important for uh, you to remember if you're not elderly or whenever you encounter someone older than you. It's not that they had to get it right when they did it. It's that they've had the chance to reflect upon it. And their job is both to share what they got right and also to share the hurt hurdles on which they stumbled 
so that we don't have to stumble on the same hurdles. This is a big part of that stage of life. And given your situation, there are other big things, but these are universal things that God wants for us at that stage. Now, I want to, to close by, by sharing from the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, the first chapter. It shares how our attitude should be when we have the chance to receive wisdom from those who've come before us. Hear, my child, your father's instruction, and do not reject your mother's teaching, for they are a fair garland for your head and pendants for your neck. It says that when we can learn from those who came before us, when we learn from the saints who we celebrate today in the church, that it's like, it's like jewelry that makes you beautiful. It, it makes your life beautiful because you have, you have this wisdom when you hear it from those who've come before. And it's wisdom about living, and it's also wisdom about dying because there's that last journey of life that we will all go through. And when I've talked to people who have been through a lot in life, I, I thought this week, what is the consistent theme that I've heard from folks who have tried, not always but successfully, but who have tried to walk faithfully as a Christian through very difficult things in life? What have I heard? And, and this is the way that I summed up what they have consistently told me. We walk through the darkness because we trust in the dawn. We are a, and you'll find these people who just have that confidence to give you because you're going to go through hard things. You're going to go through things in life that you didn't expect. You're going to go through things in life that you're not ready for. You're going to go through things in life that are much harder and much longer than you ever imagined they would be. And you're going to walk in darkness sometimes where you're not sure how it's all going to work out. And the folks who have been there will tell you something that you can't always feel and you can't always see when you're in the middle of it. They'll tell you that you you can walk through that darkness because the dawn will come. And you don't always know exactly when it'll come, but that dawn's going to come. So you keep on walking because the dawn's coming and you don't have to make it come. It's just coming. You just have to hang in there till, till it gets here. I think about a man who was a saint connected to our church. You, you didn't see him on the screen today because he, he wasn't a member of our church. His, his name was Reverend Daniel Facemeyer. He spent most of his life serving congregations in Illinois, moved down to Knoxville to be closer to family uh, in his old age. Uh, and it became apparent within the last year that he was in his final weeks and months. And, and as he was, we would go visit him. His son, Evan, is a member of our church, goes to the traditional service. And it was amazing to sit with Daniel during those final days. Because when pastors would come in, he'd often send his family out. And he'd have conversations that sometimes he wasn't comfortable having with the family in the room that, that he's now, we now have permission to, to share with you. But what he'd do is he'd say, you know, I spent my life so busy serving the church. And I went into it because I believed all this. And then I served and I preached. And he'd say, now that I'm dying, I've got to question, was everything, do I believe everything I said? Do I believe that how I lived my life and what I based it on and what I believed about God, was it true? Was it true? Is the church truly the body of Christ and God's idea? Or is it just a helpful social instrument for getting us all to behave better? Uh, is, is God really present with me uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ? Or is belief in God uh, just a helpful psychological ploy 
uh, to make us more resilient. And he said, I have to wrestle with these questions and I can't just pretend the answers are what I want them to be. And then before he passed away, he said, I've wrestled and I believe it's true. I, I believe it's true. And he was ready for that final trip, right? That final wrestling. Because when we talk about how we can walk through the darkness because the dawn is coming, we're not only talking about how we can walk through the darkness of struggle in this life. We're also talking about how we can walk through the darkness of when our body begins to shut down and prepares for that final journey to the dawn of the eternal kingdom. And what you need to know is that in every earthly journey and in the journey that ends in heaven, the testimony, the consistent testimony of those who've come before and the testimony of Jesus Christ when he walked on this earth is that you can walk through the darkness because God's dawn is coming. As we come today to receive communion, uh, we receive that promise that Jesus gave this gift to his disciples on the night before he was to be arrested and ultimately executed. And he knew darkness was coming. And he said, every time you take this in remembrance of me, remember this is my body and this is my blood. He knew they would do it again. And he wanted to remind them, you will do this again. The dawn is coming. The the darkness that is on the way, it does not have the final word. It has but a moment. It has one act in human history. But the final act is the dawn. And each time we come, there is a belief that goes back to the earliest expressions of Christianity. That when we take communion, we do so in spiritual union with those in Christ's presence in the kingdom of God. That because he sends his Holy Spirit to be really present with us, and because they are really present with him, that when we come to this table, somehow, some way, through God's miraculous, magnificent love and grace, we are together again in his family, spiritually, just as one day we will be forever in the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, we remember how on that night before you were to be betrayed, arrested, condemned, and executed, You gathered with your disciples in the upper room. You took bread, broke the bread, gave thanks to your father, gave it to your disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, you took the cup, gave thanks to your father, gave it to your disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as holy and living sacrifices in every age and every stage of our lives that you might somehow use us just as you've used those who come before us to be witnesses to your presence, to your mercy, to your love. Allow us to witness every day until that day when you come in final victory, when history is rolled up like a scroll and you pronounce the benediction upon it and we feast at your heavenly table in your eternal kingdom. We pray 
these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.